Well, good morning, Frontline family. What a great privilege it is to be with you online again today. I don't know about you, church, but I'm excited that we can do church together today. I am grateful that we still have the privilege of coming together as a body, even if it is online. I'm grateful that we still have breath in our lungs, that we are able to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So wherever you are today, wherever you're watching from, can you just start by giving the Lord a great shout of praise? Would you do that? Can we just start off by doing that? Would you just lift your hands? Would you just give Him a great shout of praise and let Him know that despite the circumstances, we are going to lift up His name this morning. Amen. Can you do that? We are not going to let the rocks cry out before us today. We are going to give Him the praise that He deserves. Yes, Lord, we love you. We want to thank you for everything that you mean in our lives. And we will declare your beautiful name wherever we are today. If you believe that, just give the Lord a big amen this morning. Amen, amen. So good to be with you this morning, church. Let's pray together. So, Father God, we come to you today in the incredible name of Jesus. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to spend this time together in your presence and as a body be united in the knowledge and truth of who you are and what that means for our lives. Lord, we pray that today this word will not only make sense to us, but that it would impact us and change us for your purposes and for your glory. Lord, open up our spiritual eyes and ears to hear and understand your mysteries today so that we can grow in union with you. And I pray that you would anoint my lips and the ears of everyone listening. And I ask this all in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Well, church, it's my honor to bring you the Word of God again this morning, a privilege I certainly don't take lightly. And today I want to talk to you about taking back your mind. I want to talk to you about taking back your mind from wrong thinking and demonic forces. This is a word that has been stirring inside of me for quite a while, but I couldn't quite get the release from the Lord on how and when to present it. And it was only late in this week that the Lord helped me to bring it all together. I almost didn't have a word for you this morning, but by the grace of God, here I am. So church, to get started this morning, I think we'll all agree that we have been affected by what has been happening in our world due to COVID-19. We've all been affected by lockdown and everything else that, that comes with it, right? We're all facing something that, that has just about impacted every part of our lives. But I'm becoming troubled, church, by how a lot of us have allowed this to change the way that we think and the way that we talk. Just about every discussion these days, just, just about every post on social media is about people complaining about this pandemic or its effect on our lives. You know, there's complaining in all directions. Maybe you've heard it or maybe you've even said some of, the, of these things. You know, why do people have to wear masks, right? Why are they putting all these orders and, and regulations into place? And if we wear masks, why do we have to stand two meters apart from each other, right? Why can some businesses go back and others not? It's just not fair. Or there's complaining the other way. It's like people 
should be wearing masks? Why are people just out and about? What are they doing? Why are they so insensitive? Right? Don't they know how serious this is? This is crazy. People that complained about being at home too long when we were in level one lockdown, right? In full quarantine. Those same people who complained about that when they had the opportunity to go back to work, well, they complained about that too. And look, church, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of these decisions made by government that don't make sense to me either. Right? And what we're facing right now is very real and it's affecting all of us. But what I want to submit to you today, church, what I want you to think about today is that if we're not careful, right, we're allowing a greater pandemic to take over our lives. If we're not cautious, we're allowing a greater pandemic to overcome us. And it's the pandemic of complaining. It is the pandemic of complaining. And we, as the people of God, need to flatten the curve on the pandemic of complaining. We have to do that. Because I believe that if we carry on the way that we are now, the way that we are thinking and speaking, we are birthing a generation that will not have a vision for the future. Because what we're speaking currently will not birth hope and faith and life and light. It'll birth darkness, hopelessness, and fear. You see, there is power in what we think and what we say. And what we think constantly and speak constantly, we will become like that thing. We have the power to create with our words. And I believe that the enemy is laughing at us at the moment. Uh, He has been able to take a hold of our minds and our tongues. And it's up to us to take it back. It's up to us to take back our minds. Church, what we need to recognize is that thoughts are seeds, right? Thoughts are seeds. We all have thoughts. We think all the time, but your thoughts are seeds. They have a life in them and they will reproduce. Your thoughts will reproduce. Now in the natural If you take a seed of an apple tree or an orange tree, for instance, and you take one of those seeds, that little tiny seed has in it the DNA of what that plant will become. It's all in there. The plan, the pattern, the molecular structure. And once it falls to the ground or is planted, it grows according to the pattern, the pattern of the seed. And eventually that would become a tree and produce fruit right and one of the most important laws in the kingdom of God is the law of reproduction this is one of the most important laws in the kingdom which you and I need to understand and what this basically states church is that all things reproduce after their own kind all things reproduce after their own kind in Genesis chapter 1 verse 12 it says The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. It is an important law of the kingdom that all things must reproduce after their own kind. Now, church, what we need to understand is that this law affects our lives continually 
It shapes our future and determines our present circumstances. And a lot of what we're experiencing in our lives has come from the seeds that we have planted. Not everything, mind you, but, but a lot of it. And if you plant apple seeds in your garden, you're going to get apples, right? You're going to get an apple tree. You're going to get apples. And the most delicate garden of all where you plant most of the things in your life is that of your own heart. And what you plant there will reproduce. Your thoughts are seeds and when planted, they will reproduce after their own kind. That's what it says in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? We know that scripture. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And church, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking here. I'm not talking about some new age concept about the power of your mind. I'm talking about the kingdom law of reproduction. If you judge, you will be judged. It'll come back to you. What you sow, you shall also reap. If you sow a seed, it will produce a tree in your life and in your heart. It's very, very important that we understand this. We need to discipline our thought life because of this law. And because of this law, we must live every moment as we desire our future to be. Let me say that again. We must live every moment as we desire our future to be. You see, church, there is an all-out assault on your mind. It's the greatest battlefield of all. Satan knows that if your mind is knocked out, if your thinking is wrong, the whole person is out. And so there is this battle for your mind. And when your mind is single, when your eyes are healthy, God's light can flow through you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 to 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. When your mind is free and released, it opens a doorway for God's light to flow to you. And that's why we need to get our thought life aligned with God and His Word and His purposes and the way that He thinks. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Paul was aware of this battle for your mind. And Satan knows it. You see, your mind is open to and vulnerable to spiritual influence. Did you know that? Your mind is open to and vulnerable to the spirit realm. There is a unique connection between your mind and the realm of the spirit. Your mind is a gateway to the spirit world and your mind is the gateway to all incoming communications, good or bad. And even though those communications may be in the realm of feeling, they will eventually register in your mind. You know, church, your brain is a part of your physical body, right? It's a physical organ. 
It's bioelectronic. It's magnetic. It's a, an incredible, fantastic computer. But the Bible says that connected to your spirit, it becomes a living soul. And it's capable of processing thoughts. And listen to this. It can be programmed. Your mind can be programmed. The scary thing about that is whoever or whatever programs your mind, right, determines the way that you think, what you say, and what you do with your life. The program will operate according to the programmer. And Satan will try and program your mind for destruction. So you need to take back your mind. You've got to take it back. Church, you know the way that God designed us, He gave us a body, He gave us a mind, which is your soul, and a spirit. Right? We know that. And if our mind and our spirit don't work in union, if the two are not compatible, we have confusion in our lives and we, we emanate or live out that confusion. Right? That's how it works. Now, having said that, we have the privilege and the awesome responsibility of reprogramming our brain and then obviously operate according to that program. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you program them right when they're young, they won't depart from it because the program will run. And the way that they think is how they become. And as parents, we have this responsibility of training our children to think right because as they think, they will become in this world. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from that training. Yes, they might have deviations and go, of course, but it will be there. They will run according to the programming. But you see, church, the problem is we end up with wrong programming up here. And that's why we have to take back our minds. And maybe I should just take a, a step back for a few moments. Church, when you're born again, you're infused with the seed of God. And in that seed is all that God is. And planted into your spirit, it begins to grow in the likeness of God. The very DNA, the very seed of God is planted into you when you were born again. What a privilege, right? And that seed has in it everything that God is spiritually. And given the right conditions, it will grow. It will begin to flourish. Your spirit will begin to be transformed into the, into the image and likeness of of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. At church, where is the, the mind of Christ? Where is it? It's in your spirit. Your spirit has a mind. It can originate thought. It is inspirational and your brain will sift and sort information that is given to it and come to a conclusion based in what you put in there. 
So in order for us to be full of the light of God, your spirit and your brain must be in harmony. If your brain and your spirit are not in harmony, there is a blockage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And church, what this is saying is that the natural man with the natural mind is a man whose mind has been programmed with the concepts of this world and the kingdom of darkness. But God wants a different kind of programming up here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. One spirit. Just think about that for a moment. If your spirit has become one with the Lord, everything that God is, is inside of you. It's in your spirit. It's in there. You are joined to the Lord. But the problem, as I said, is that up here in our brain, there's a horrible mix. We have some right concepts and we have some very wrong concepts. So when you're born again, your brain and your spirit are not compatible. And that's what we have to work on as we take back our minds and reprogram our minds to think the way that God thinks. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Church, our minds aren't transformed when we're born again. That process of sanctification is still unfolding. Right? So, the Bible tells us that the natural man, right, with the natural mind has been programmed with this world and its concepts. And it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 6 that the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You see, church, God cannot get through to you even though your spirit may be pure. And God wants our creation to be perfect. And for that to happen, the spirit that is already joined to the Lord needs to be joined to your soul. And when your spirit and your soul are not compatible, and you're not compatible with the way that your brain thinks, you have a problem. But if you get the two in union, you'll open up a gateway with so much light and understanding. And knowledge will flow into your being and you will understand the mysteries of God. Your soul is undergoing transformation. And because your spirit comes from God, church, it will always look for perfection with your soul, with your mind. And you know, a lot of us think that we just have to worry about our spirit when it comes to eternity, right? We put all the emphasis on the spirit. But it was God's intention that we grow beyond just spirit, and become a new creation again in this world, in this universe, as a human being with a spirit, a soul, and a body, saved and transformed. That's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, Now may the God of peace 
himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, can you see why it's so important that we understand this? God's purpose for us, church, is that our spirit and soul and body blend as one. And that is a far greater creation than just spirit. Why? Because it can interact with the physical world and the spiritual realm. Now, church, when we talk about the spirit realm, what we need to know is that evil spirits can lodge over your brain and control your thinking and imagination. And when that happens, deliverance is required to set you free. You see, we are made in such a way that we can be influenced by spiritual entities, things from the spirit realm. And if you continue to yield to that influence, it will become a part of us. That's how we are made. You know, that's how you were born again. You had an influence in the spirit realm, the Holy Spirit upon you. When you finally submitted to it, it became a part of you. Right? That's the principle. But the principle is true of the whole spirit realm. We can be influenced by the spirit realm and if we accept that influence over a period of time, it will join itself to us and become a part of us. That's how it works. And you see, church, there are evil spirits that attach themselves to a thought or a concept and that's where a stronghold is. They build a stronghold in the mind and their power is that they are are attached to a false concept, a lie, which is not the truth. Those spirits attach themselves to a way of thinking, a concept or a set of values which are false. And so that leaves a, a position for these demonic spirits to close your mind. And they will strengthen that influence over a period of time. You know, that's why sometimes it's so difficult to change a person's mindset when they've been under this influence so long. And you know, we look at someone's life and and from our perspective, not from a judging perspective, but from our perspective, we can just see how messed up their lives are. You know, that their lives are so wayward, but they don't see it. They don't see it because it's spiritual. And it's almost impossible to get them out of those strongholds. You see, these spirits attach themselves to a lie or a false concept, something that is not pure or or is not the truth, and it continues to strengthen. And when that happens, you need deliverance. And you see, church, we have to look at what doors we are opening in our minds because what happens is spirits will come and test you, right? They will come and give you an imagination, an unclean imagination. And it'll just stand back and see what you do with it. Right? And if you close the door, if you don't accept it, right, it'll stop. But it'll try again. And it may try over a period of time. And if you keep closing the door, it'll give up. The door is closed. And you see, the spirit realm has an incredible capacity to interact with your brain. And it can put in pictures and thoughts and concepts. It can put it in in all those kinds of things and if you don't object it will make its abide there it will have children there and then you've got a big problem 
And that's where there's this disunity between the mind and the renewed spirit. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. So our responsibility, church, is to close the door to these deceitful spirits. These lying spirits, these vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and this union that we're after. And the first thing that you need to realize when you're dealing with with these spirits, church, you're not dealing with a concept. You're not dealing with a, a thought. You are dealing with a personality. And you have to treat it as such. It's a personality which is attached to your thoughts and you need to renounce and disown the thought and thought patterns and you need to continue to do that. Not just once, every time that it happens. Renounce it right away. Take authority over it. Don't accept it. But remember, you are dealing with a personality. Deal with it as a demonic spirit and address it as a demonic spirit. Take authority over it. And tell it to go where it's hot, right? And when it starts to try and open that door, you just close the door and you command it to leave in the name of Jesus. You see, we cannot be passive with these spirits. Because church, the enemy has no days off. He doesn't take holidays. He doesn't have a lunch break or a tea time. He works 24-7, 365 days a year to make sure that your mind and your spirit don't have this compatibility because he knows how powerful it will be when the two come into union. The whole nature of an evil spirit is based on a lie. You need to take back your mind. It's yours. And church, God has given us the ability and the power to say no to something. Did you know that? You have an an enormous power just to be able to, to say no. To stop it in its tracks. Because you see, it's only what you are accepting or rejecting that the thing is programmed into your brain. You know, you watch something on television or you read something in a in a book. Or the enemy plants a thought or a picture in your mind, but it's just a concept. You can either accept that or consciously reject it. The power to say no will stop it from coming through. And obviously what you feed your brain with is of utmost importance. The battle is for the programming of your brain. Whoever gets that, gets you. So what I want to suggest today, church, that as we have identified how complex our minds really are and how we are open to influences from the spiritual realm, what I want to suggest is that we apply two defenses as we take back our minds. Two defenses. And they are the power to say no, which I've just spoken about. The power to say no, that's our first defense. And our second defense is the ability to filter all your thought life through the Word of God. And there's a specific scripture I want us to have a look at for this. There's a specific scripture that we can use as this filter. 
Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 gives us a list of how we should think. And this is what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Now church, that is a filter which you and I should filter all our thought life through. It's like a filter that we would place over our minds. And if it doesn't fit into that filter, if it doesn't fit into this character, you reject it. Right? If it's not true, reject it. If it's not honorable and ethical, reject it. If it's not pure and genuine, reject it. If it's not lovely and beautiful, reject it. If it's not commendable or of good report, reject it. If it's not the excellent ways of God, reject it. And finally, if it's not worthy praising God for it, reject it. Get rid of it. Say no to it. This is a filter for the mind from the Word of God for a specific reason. And it's to keep our minds programmed to think the right way. And church, as I close today, I want us to really think about what we think about. I want us to think about what we say. I want us to be aware of the capacity and the vulnerability, but also the power of our minds. And that's going to require some discipline from us. You know what? Don't allow your mind to be so loose. Don't allow your mind to be so scattered or even just passive. Pull it in. Take authority. Take control over your mind. Renounce those thoughts and thought patterns. Take authority over evil spirits continually, commanding them to leave in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Take back your mind. It is yours. Take it back. And whatever comes your way, church, whatever false concept is presented to you, whatever lies are thrusted at you, just remember that you have the power to say no. And you have a filter from the Word of God to reject it. Take back your mind. It is yours. Well, church, I want to finish off with something a little different this morning. Um, every time I finish off a broadcast, I always say how much we miss you and we love you and that we hope we'd be together again soon. But today I want to do something different. I want to read out the names of all the, the members of Frontline Church, all our partners. And I'm going to read out your name. And I'm going to read through this name list pretty quickly because there's quite a few names. But when I say your name, I just want you to know that we really do love you. We really do miss you. And we hope to be together again with you soon. And you are all in our prayers. Are you ready for this? I'm going to just read the first names. Eric, Gabriella, Miguel, Priscilla, Christo, Ilza, Judith, Nicole and Franco, Douglas, Vanessa, William, Lynette, Daphne, Renee, Rob, Zoe, Jared, Rachel, Roxanne, Chet. You can shout out your name when, when you hear it. You can get excited. Chet, 
Enos, Rogni, Yeteshni, Ophelia, Laura, Brenda, Johan, Isabella, Roshen, Bill, and Charmaine, June, Nikita, Russell, Tegwin, Craig, Renee, Trent, Pravesh, Yvonne, Clement, Lulu, Nelau, Andrew, Robert, Courtney, Renell, and Ryan, Italo, Hakim, Mikhail, or Michael, Lauren, Leona, Darlington, Giovanna, Lee, Andre, Shireen, Kensani, Bronwyn, Samantha, Kim, Tishan, Haley, Colleen, Derek, Ruth, Nolene, Eric, Shan, Alvina, Charles, Claudia, Heather, Howard, Prudence, Emilia, Rebecca, Rebecca, Charlize, Alwyn, Renell, Stephen, Elvis, Lydia, Mashudu, Matilda, Marinda, Sean, Lynn, Travis, Bryant, Diane, Michelle, Natasha, Charmaine, Rose, Este, Selena, Nancy, Eddie, Silondile, Gavin, Lerato, Diana, Andy, Cindy, Mandy, Mark, Donovan, Shawneen, Coquetso, Lily, Wayne, Nima, Angel, Anusha, Joey, Naomi, Susan, Deline, Rashid, Purity, Nadine, Edgar, Boitamelo, Bradley, Giselle, Angie, Rachel, Mary, William, Carabello, Bridget, Lydia, Dave, Sylvie, Kay, we're almost there, <laughs> Nana, Ampo, Esperanza, Yapi, Ansi, Eleanor, Jackie, Orient, Jose, Pretty, Charmaine, Bill, Guguletu, Renee, Kevin, Leslie Ann, Charmaine, Ebenezer, Azuka, Esther, Emmanuel, Sean, Glenda, Carol, Joanne, Johan, Maggie, Renee, Rian, Janelle, Boitamela, Deshni, Neville, Natasha, Renata, Kirk, Jasmine, Gretchen, Wolfgang, Denise, Natasha, Mimi, Savannah, Jesse, Caitlin, Shannon, Sandy, Monica, Noel, Robert, Eric, Albert, Barbara, Kevin, Sethany, Cindy Lee, Eden, Laura, Devasha, Elise, Stephen, Mandy, the last page I'm on, Theodore, Carol, Ruloff, Quinton, Helena, Sandra, Colleen, John, Margaret, David, Renell, Sean, Christopher, Jamie, Margaret, Abigail, Pamela, Bronwyn, Linda, Kim, Nikki, Desmond, Diane, Shawnee, Keith, Natalie, John, Marcel, JC, Nolene, Andrew, Andrew, Denny, Sharon, and Sotemba. And I hope we haven't missed out any of the names this morning. And if we have, just remember that you're all in our thoughts, all in our hearts. We love you. We miss you. We are praying for you. And we hope to really be again together soon. Have an awesome Sunday further. And we look forward to connecting again online with you next week. We bless you. Love you very much.